Welcome to Branching Out, a podcast presented by the reporters and editors of the Acorn Newspapers, offering you a closer look at the news in your community. All right, welcome to another edition of Branching Out. It is Monday. If my computer would load the date, I would know the 10th. I should know. I get paid today. Um, Good to have you back. Thank you, man. Yeah, I just, uh, I was having a bit of a week last week. I needed a day off, and then uh, some uh, family stuff happened I'd rather not get into on here. But uh, it was just, it was a busy day. But uh, I think the episode turned out well. It turns out you can talk to people without <laughs> me over your shoulder. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much. No, but you still had a hand in getting it up and did a great job editing it. But I know you're, yeah. I know the fans missed you. I'm sure they're happy to have yeah. you back. Um, so uh, yeah, a lot to talk yeah, about. I, I do want to say also, uh, I needed to get out of the house today. So um, I, uh, I found a spot down uh, near the beach with some free Wi-Fi. I'm not going to tell anybody where it is because I don't need to blow up my spot. But uh, I'm recording this one in my car because I just it, I just needed some uh-huh. air. I just wanted to do it. So you might hear some cars driving by or something at some point, but uh, that's just uh, me living the freewheeling life of an adventurer. <laughs> well, good. Good. That's, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> the beach life. Yeah. So um, as uh, you predicted in our last episode, uh, things in Newberry Park are getting a little heated insofar as uh, how, how people are going about worshiping or, or observing their faith. Uh, what's happening? Yeah, so what a week. Um, last time we discussed this, it was actually two episodes ago. Um, basically, uh, the governor in early, I guess, July 13th, um, when cases were surging across the state, uh, put down... Uh, basically put those restrictions back in against all kinds of indoor activities in these counties, these 30 or so counties, I think 35 counties or more on the state's COVID watch list. Basically, these are counties that have a certain number of cases, a certain uh, increase in hospitalizations. There's a whole host of benchmarks we've talked about. And in those counties, which uh, Ventura County is one of them, LA, of course, as well. Um, yes, you cannot, uh, you know, no indoor dining, no indoor uh, beauty services. This is hair salons, nail salons, and no indoor worship. Um, so that came into effect, um, and our local pastor, uh, Rob McCoy, who we've talked about in the show often, former Thousand Oaks City Council member, he has been meeting and holding services indoors for going on almost two months now. Um, and was kind of flying under the radar, even though you know he was live streaming his services. Um, it seemed like no one was paying attention, and we talked about last time that he was putting the county in a difficult position because people were calling and saying, you know, if I, I'm a business owner, I can't have this, my, you know, business operate indoors, you know, why can he do this? You know, it, you know, how can he, you know, and it all kind of came to a head, I really think, um, last week when the Ventura County Star did an article on what Rob was doing as the, uh, as the acorn had done before, but their article actually had a photo inside of the church. So everyone had a chance for the first time to really see uh, the church full, people seated right next to each other, no social distancing, uh, no mass to speak of. Um, so that article came out on Friday. It was updated Sunday with the photo. And by Monday, a special meeting had been called. Uh, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen at that meeting or, or what it was all about. Well, on Tuesday, our Ventura County Board of Supervisors went into closed session they came out, and there was a three-to-two vote uh, with Linda Parks, John Zaragoza, and Steve Bennett voting yes. 
Bob Huber and Kelly Long voting no to authorize the county legal counsel to seek um, basically punishment against those that disobey the order. Uh, now, the language is really broad. I mean, it just said anyone that disobeys the order. It did not name uh, Godspeak Church in Newberry Park. So I didn't know at that time whether they were either setting up to do some kind of lawsuit or it was just a, another warning shot across the bow. Um, but the very next day, the county council went to the courthouse and filed paperwork for an emergency uh, injunction, a temporary restraining order against the church. So obviously when that hit, you know, it suddenly became, you know, national news. You know, the fact that the, the county was now suing the church to stop the worship services, um, which if you've been following along, I think this is what Rob, uh, Pastor McCoy, wanted all along. He kind of wanted this showdown with the county because he said all along he feels that the rules are unconstitutional. And uh, we talked about this before. You know, there's already been two Supreme Court cases just this year on this very subject, uh, restrictions against churches. And in both cases, the churches lost. So, so after the county did this vote, after they filed the paperwork, there was a hearing uh, in court on Friday. A uh, really fascinating uh, discussion, basically, of this great debate our countries have had for so long between, you know, personal individual liberties and protecting the public's health and balancing those two. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, Judge Matt Guasco with Ventura County came down really hard on the church saying that when he weighs a restraining order, uh, especially a temporary one that happens without a full hearing, he looks at the potential threat to public health. And he said, in this case, it was a 10. Basically that um, there's, you know, the idea that um, that church, which is meeting with about 450 people inside each week, the threat of the virus, one person spreading it and it's spreading far and wide. Again, he said that necessitated uh, an emergency and he did grant that injunction against the church. So even though Rob has said um, many times that no one at the churches has ever tested positive for COVID. And again, to remind, as I said before, two months of meeting. They've been singing, remember, in California before the ban on indoor worship, uh, uh, the governor had already said no singing indoors. Um, they've been basically disobeying all the rules, and yet they've had no cases. So that continues to be his argument. He says, how can the county say this is a threat, and yet we've had no cases? So, do we? Is there any way to verify if that's actually the case, that there hasn't been any documented uh, uh, cases of... COVID-19? Well, remember, you know, again, it's the county that has this information through its contact tracing program. So you would think if, uh, but again, that program relies on what? It relies on people being honest when they're asked, you know, where were you in the last uh, 14 days? Who did you have contact with? What events did you go to? Um, but so obviously that if they had that information, considering that they've gone to court, they would have released it. So unless someone actually comes forward that says, I attend God speak and I came down with the virus, then there's no way to prove that. I know a while back there was a call for distance services where people would be in their cars, like a drive-through, but that's no longer the case. It just has to be outdoors. Why? Why do they need? Why do they need to be in this specific? But why can't they do outdoor services? I mean, Rob hasn't. That's a great question. I don't have not heard Rob address that specifically, uh, other than to say he feels that the law, all the restrictions, he's basically decided, um, and as he said in the in the recording we played on this podcast that. You know, after somehow after the government did not enforce um, the law during the protests, the Black Lives Matter rallies and people like Newsom and 
uh, Mayor uh, Eric Garcetti in Los Angeles were actually endorsing them, that he thinks basically it's all a scamdemic, as he calls it, and that the rules are unfair, and he's just not going to abide by them. Otherwise, he hasn't really said. I mean, he's said the Bible says it's important that people fellowship together, um, and he feels like, again, there's no reason they, that people should be worried about going to church, and he's going to continue doing it because he feels that the rules are, are unconstitutional, that he's protected by that First Amendment. Um, so not surprisingly, you know, the judge, so on Friday, the judge grants this order was about an hour long hearing, um, and says no more church services. Um, well, yesterday or really today when we're talking comes and what happens, uh, uh, Rob and God speak again, three services today, 9am, 11am and 1pm. I went out there to check it out. Um, maybe we can, uh, if you, we have a second, can we, I'm going to play some of that footage that I got there today just so we can, uh, we can listen to it. So you were actually in the church, like you went to well, one of the services? I actually did not get inside the church. Um, they, you know, I didn't feel right as uh, a member of the media if I was going to, you know, invite myself in and and I would want to announce myself. So I didn't go inside. I basically spent the entire morning outside um, just to see um, because actually, right, uh, probably within 15 minutes of me getting there, the first service was at 9 a.m. They announced they were at capacity, basically fire code, um, which I think is like 450 people. So they weren't letting anyone else inside, and, you know, I wasn't really looking to go inside. I was really there because I wanted to see if the county was going to enforce a restraining order, uh, whether there would be some kind of police presence, whether, you know, uh, obviously whether Rob would be led away in handcuffs. But um, my entire two hours I spent there, I did not see one member of the sheriff's department in that parking lot. Now, as I was leaving, I did see a squad car and somebody talking with some of, one of the attendees, but otherwise... There was, um, you know, no police presence, kind of a, a rally type feeling. Um, many people there on the side supporting the church. I want to say at least 100 just outside, you know, along with the people that were inside. And then as I could see it, a group of maybe four or five uh, protesters. Um, but within minutes of me arriving, crazy, uh, a fight broke out between one of these protesters and one of the people that came to support the church. Uh, it all happened in kind of a flash. Um, it was one of those instances, Ian, where the person takes a sign and they almost use it like a, like, back off, you know. So one of the protesters kind of jabbed one of the other people in the stomach. He slaps the sign. A uh, woman, uh, one of the protesters runs in front of the other guy, says, don't you hit him. A kind of shoving match, you know, and, and like the worst timing for a shoving match, a big group of people um, all slammed together. And somehow she falls down, the, the, the female protester. She falls down. She screams. So I didn't see what happened. Did she trip? Was she pushed? I, you don't really see it on my video. 
Um, but there is other video. I was there uh, with Joel Council from Safety for Citizens. He runs a local Facebook page that covers crime. We've had him on the show before. And he says with his footage, you can see what appears to be one of the, the people that was there to support the church putting his foot out, potentially to trip the woman. Um, so I, apparently both people called the police. It's been reported. They're investigating it, but they never really, no law enforcement showed up on scene that I could see to, to look to look into it. But besides that, um, you could definitely call it a, a peaceful event. Uh, otherwise, uh, the pro, most of the protesters stuck around. I saw a lot of people coming up and engaging and you could hear some of that in the video. Um, and let me show, let me give you an example of the kind of discussions that were taking place today outside of God speak to give you an idea of, of just what was happening. Explain to me how all of these months people have been inside congregating in this church and nobody's getting COVID and nobody's How do you explain that? Yeah. Huh? How do you explain it? You're the one who signed that says you should wear a mask. How do you explain it? No, I'm asking a question. I don't know everything. I'm asking a question. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, does it? Like, it doesn't make logical sense. If, if this pandemic is so bad, everybody in that church should be dead by now. And they're not. They're still here. In fact, they're growing. I'm not right about anything, but I'm asking you from a common sense. You have a brain. You have a brain. From a common sense standpoint, why aren't all these parishioners dead? They've been worshiping. So, so there you see. I mean, these are some of again. It's the it's that classic discussion. Who do we who do we believe? Is this is this threat? Is it uh you know? Is it just done for for political purposes? Is the threat real? Is COVID real? And what's interesting is when they have these discussions, I was trying to get the audio, you can't really hear the protesters because they're wearing a mask, right? right. Uh, but uh, most of the people on the pro side of the church were not wearing masks, so you could obviously hear them a little bit better. Um, but that was a lot of what was going on for the bulk of the day, just people coming up to the protesters saying, why are you protesting a church? And them explaining um, their cause and why they feel this is a threat to their community. And you know what's interesting is... Um, Godspeak only moved into Dos Vientos, that's where the church is, two years ago to take the place of the YMCA. Do you remember that when they, you know, the YMCA closed, Godspeak, a nonprofit out of Texas, buys the YMCA, Godspeak moves in there. Uh, and one of the things, the big discussions at the time were, oh no, is this church going to attract, you know, negative attention? And, and, and Rob was adamant, no, we're just a church coming to town to worship, you know, don't worry about us. Um, and so regardless of how you feel, it's, this is kind of what neighbors were most concerned about. And a lot of people there that have been most vocal are neighbors, you know, people that live in the neighborhood. So, okay. So here's a question then. Have you spoken to or heard from other members of the faith community in the area? And have, have, has there been any feedback from other members of that community in regards to their take on what Pastor McCoy is doing and how it maybe is making their parishioners feel or how it, how it maybe it's making people look at their institutions? Yeah. I mean, I've, um, I've spoken really, I've heard discussions about discussions. Uh, and I just spoke with a local pastor this week in, in trying to set up an interview actually for having to come on, uh, branching out. And he, and he spoke about, um, that it's, it's, it's really tough because he's put them in a position where, you know, their membership are looking at them and saying, well, why aren't we going back? Or are we any less faithful? Is there something, you know, um, but him himself, as you said, he's one of these churches that have now moved to outdoor services, 
which you can see are allowed. Uh, I'm seeing people even put up, you know, shaded tents, uh, patios. Um, they're taking advantage of parking lots, uh, parks, all these different spaces to meet outdoors. Um, but there are people saying, well, you know, if God speak can do this, why not us? And what does the Bible say about this? And this is one of those challenging times where, and, and I'm no theo theologian, and so I don't really want to get into that. And that's why I'd love to have someone come on and discuss this. But different passages are interpreted differently. And certain passages, you know, would seem to support Rob and, and Pastor McCoy and what he's doing and many others supporting what, what the other churches are doing. Um, but, you know, I think it comes down to the fact that, you know, other churches are, they're trying to obey the law. I mean, they're, they're, they're looking at this thing and they're saying, we want to um, abide by, by the state. They're, they're not preventing us from practicing our religion, whether it was when we were doing it online or we're coming now and meeting in person, um, that we don't feel a need right now um, to, to, to do what Rob's doing. Now, I think a lot of them are torn, though. I think a lot of them are torn, and they, they are, you know, they support, you know, I think in some ways his fight, you know, as a Christian to, you know, defend freedom of religion, but I think they're also frustrated that he's going about it this way and, you know, to a lot of people, putting the putting the church in a negative light when maybe they didn't have to. Well, it, I mean, yeah, it certainly seems like he has a lot more room to to maneuver. I hope I'm not editorializing at this point, but it seems like he has a lot more room to maneuver, and he can he's put the county in a really tough spot between a rock and a hard place, where either they say that's not allowed, but they don't do anything to enforce it, or they yeah. arrest him and they kind of make a martyr for his cause. Exactly. Catch twenty two, yeah. In in any case, he wins, but it doesn't really answer the question of whether or not this is something that should be allowed. It seems like it's just it's just about getting attention for this idea, or or maybe building a name, for, yeah, or getting yeah. I don't know notoriety yeah. or infamy or whatever. But but it doesn't seem at the root of the issue as though it's very much about worshiping so much as what's allowed and what's not allowed well the county i i think that's fair i mean the county uh rob read aloud the letter that the the county had sent him prior to the injunction saying hey we encourage you go outdoors we've we've made allowances uh we want you to be able to worship we don't want this to to happen we but you just can't meet indoors you know and, and i think if he was meeting and if you remember this all started back um Rob first started getting attention for this, uh, Pastor McCoy, in April when he had communion, right? When, when, um, but at he that resigned time, from the city council so he could do this exactly, stuff, Exactly, right? exactly. He stepped down from the city council, but if you remember, when he did communion, he, you know, six feet of distancing. Everyone, almost everyone was wearing a mask. Um, he was really, you could tell he was making a real effort to abide by the rules, um, and now he has, yeah, just completely thrown that out the window. They're, they're hugging, they're singing, they're, you know, no social distance, no mass. I mean, I think the totality of all that is what has put the county, and that's where you wonder where, you know, what is his motivation? Because I don't think it would have come to this, certainly uh, to go to the courts, if they were, say, wearing masks or making some effort to social distance, you know. But Rob has basically come out and said, I will not wear a mask. Now, members will say, you know, you're, you can wear masks. You certainly don't disallow masks. Um, but for whatever reason, they are in 
short supply there. And again, you saw it today with 90% of the people that were there to support the church. It's a political statement now. And they feel that even wearing a mask is basically to be subjugated. And, you know, again, it's become completely political. So you, it's hard to remove Pastor McCoy's politics. We know he is a Republican who's run for office. He is someone who is close with um, people that, that are close with the Trump administration. He's a big supporter of the president. We have a big election coming up. It's hard to divorce those things. And you're right. That's where the idea of worship and how much this has to do about, you know, uh, about being able to worship their God and versus, you know, versus a political statement. That's where I think it gets harder for, for Rob to make his case. And that's where a lot of people are looking at it this way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I am not a theologian either, but the thing that keeps, you know, circling in my mind as we're having this discussion is just that little thing of just love thy neighbor. You could be following that through just depending on where you stand. Uh, somebody could be saying love thy neighbor by wearing a mask and observing these rules, and somebody else could be saying love thy neighbor by allowing us to worship the way we want and not forcing us to obey these rules. So it seems like it's, I don't know. There's no solid answers. No, no. I mean, but again, if we look at this purely from a legal standpoint, the courts have come down on the sides um, so far of the of local governments in, to put these rules in place. So whether you know whether that's right or not, um, you know, and that's I think again where the county is coming from. But it shows that this is so tricky. You know, if they wanted to go shut down your favorite bar, Ian, I mean, it would not be this hard. It would not get that kind of. They'd that, have to find it first. <laughs> You know, we, there would be people upset. There might be, you know, that bar owner would call the acorn and say, this isn't right. But it would happen. But when you get a church involved and someone like Rob who has a uh, a big megaphone, and now this is really, as we said on the podcast, gone right into his hands. Because as I was out there today, who was out there? Channel 7, Channel 4, Fox, the BBC. I mean, again, now his his message is amplified. And so now you ask you have to ask yourself, the county has to ask itself and those board of supervisors who voted in favor of taking action, did we do the right thing? You know, did was was this the was this was the right way to go about it? So the big question now becomes is what happens next, right? Because now everyone is saying, you know, what is the point of going to court, getting a restraining order? If you're not going to enforce it, right? And and we saw we saw no kind of enforcement today. Um, but I spoke to someone on background um, who is a, a retired law enforcement officer who kind of said, you know, they did not want to. The sheriff's department did not want to show up there and make a big show of of the situation and, and amplify his message even more. Well, right. That's that's what I was saying about rocking a hard place. Is like they they're the ones being maneuvered into a corner by either having to further like give him a further platform of of of, of oppression seeming uh, quote-unquote or say that this is not allowed and then do nothing to enforce it which kind of renders them to be a toothless agency yeah so so what what i what i what i understand now is this is what could happen so now that he's so clearly violated the restraining order just like if you or and i had a restraining order and, and we violated it we were not supposed to be somewhere and we showed up uh i mean the the judge has ample evidence you know not only from what i you know put on twitter and the, the church's own live stream to now clearly know that the, his order has been violated. So he can now um, summons uh, Pastor McCoy to come into to court um, as soon as this week, it sounds like. And at that time, he will be asked, he'll have to answer questions. You know, why did you obey the order? Uh, and more importantly, do you plan to obey, do you plan to continue to disobey the order? And we know what uh, Rob's answer is going to be. And it's going to be yes. 
And at that point, it sounds like the judge will be within his powers to sentence him to uh, a short jail sentence. Uh, whether it's, you know, telling him he has to report on Friday and stay in jail through the weekend. Um, but it, that is what Rob has said he's prepared to do. And so we are going to find that out now. There was a lot of questions whether there'd be misdemeanors because really the law says a violating a restraining order is a misdemeanor, punishable by, you know, six months in jail up to a thousand dollar fine, uh, something that goes on your record. It's not an infraction. It's not a, you know, speeding tickets. It's something that goes on your record. If you have a concealed carry permit and you get a misdemeanor, you probably will lose it. If you are a teacher, if you have a certain job in government, you know, you could lose your job. Um, so there, but that it sounds like that's not going to be the cr- approach. More likely, they'll focus this on on Rob and potentially send him away to jail. So um, for a short period. Uh, so we'll just see where it goes from here. Again, now we have a this whole national debate has come home to our doorsteps here in uh, Thousand Oaks, Bay Park, Canal Valley, and really Ventura County is now being put in the spotlight from this. Um, so. Uh, you know, it's just we we we, could, we should say we saw this coming, right, Ian? We we talked about this. Um, but, well, you should. I mean, I don't cover this community. So. Um, but you see, I mean, you follow the news enough about I think Rob over your time there to see that you know he wasn't going to back down, and so this is where we're all leading up to. So um, we'll see by next week whether we have an update or not. But this is. Um, yeah, I'm sure if you were watching television yesterday, you saw this on one of your local news channels. It really is everywhere. Um, but, ch- but check out our story. Hopefully by Thursday's paper, we'll have some idea what the county's response will be. People are going to want to know, you know, why did you let this happen, right? Um, and so they're going to have to answer that, and maybe we'll see if, if Rob is going to be drawn before the judge and what will happen. But um, I know there's people, and we talked about this many times, that are mad that we're even spending time on it, Ian, but this is, this is news now. And whether it's because of Rob or because of the county, um, it is fascinating to see how this this what, how this plays out. Because, like you said, it affect it affects their ability to enforce all the laws, right? Because if, if they're able to show that hey, there's no teeth behind any of these rules, then what's going to stop a private school from going back? What's to stop a hairstylist from you know um, saying I'm going to go back to my business? So it's it's pretty fascinating. So. Well, good. All right. Well, um, we probably should get out of here. Good to have you back. Um, I am looking forward to uh, some upcoming episodes. Hopefully we're getting some hearing back from some people about setting up interviews with candidates. We're going to be doing some of that. Um, and we'll be tracking the story, of course, uh, with the church and everything going on. And obviously seeing where we are with uh, coronavirus in a, in a couple weeks. Hopefully things are, are going to start to look better. But uh, let's get out of here. Uh, thanks again for joining us. This has been Kyle Jory, editor of the Thousand Oaks Acorn. Uh, hopefully you are following me on Twitter. If not, it's at Kyle B. Jory. You can go check out um, all my tweets from yesterday's rally and see a little bit about what went on um, there. Uh, yeah, this is Ian Bradley. You can find me online at Ian underscore reports. That's I-A-N. Uh, and yeah, stay tuned. We might have some new... Uh, in addition to new interviews, we might have some new voices from staff members on the show. We're uh, certainly looking to change things up because, uh, honestly, I'm getting tired of talking to you, Kyle. <laughs> so. Fair enough, Ian. Fair enough. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in.